Hey guys, before we get into the episode, you all know I'm a huge fan of fashion and I have been ever since I was a little girl. And my first job, by the way, was actually at Macy's. And my love for fashion began when I started there because I worked in the fragrance department, but of course, my eye was always on the clothes and the makeup and everything related to style. But here's the thing, my relationship with Macy's didn't end once my days of asking people walking by if they wanted to sample the latest scents came to an end. Nearly 20 years later, I still find myself choosing Macy's time and time again for literally everything. It's become a really beautiful full circle moment that they've been such amazing supporters of our show for so long. And when it comes to shopping, they have everything you need, whether I need a last minute outfit or Kevin needs a last minute outfit for our friend's wedding. We always head to Macy's. They've got us covered. So if you're in need of some retail therapy, perhaps, or looking to spruce up your home or your lifestyle, check out Macy's friends. I've curated a list of some of my favorite items that have helped me upgrade so many parts of my life, really my fashion the most, but of course home and baby and so much more. So check the link in the description and happy shopping Hill Squad. I'm on a journey to heal and get better in all areas of life. And I want to do it with you. Welcome to Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, where we improve and heal all parts of our lives, most importantly, our health. Heal Squad by Maria Menunos, your life improvement series starts now. Hey friends, back with you today for part two of my conversation with Florence Ann Romano. She is the author of Build Your Village, a guide to finding joy and community in every stage of life. And as you heard in part one, we talked all about... um, kind of like also aside from just the baby stuff is not feeling like you're behind. And I think that was such an important thing to talk about, even though it's not necessarily about the baby, it's about you. Um, Everybody comes into their own in a different time in a different way and has a different path. So please remember that. Um, But part two, we're talking a lot. Kels, want to jump in with some of the things we're talking about in part two? Absolutely. Part two. Oh, we're talking about an extension. Oh, this was interesting. She talks about how your nanny should be an extension of your eyes, your ears, and your heart. Mm -hmm. I wrote that down because I really Mm -hmm. like that. She also gave a quick little, (laughs) we were talking about how you can say things diplomatically but kindly and she was like you can say what <laughs> you, you stink mean. yeah exactly but she was like you can say what you mean and not say it mean yes I love that I really loved that mm-hmm. so yeah she's great I went this was such a fun combo All and right. like you said Marie you actually mentioned this it was like it's nice that it wasn't just baby stuff like I really enjoyed that and I'm not having a kid so yeah. it was it's so cool everyone can learn and yeah she was great that was really fun all right well friends get ready for part two here it comes Let's talk a little bit about the transitions. Yes. The transitions. I'm going to let you roll with it. Well, one thing I, I want to bring up about the transition about, let's say, the nanny, because this this seems to be a very popular topic. I think, Maria, it's now 65% of people in America today have a, a, a nanny or a caretaker in their life. I mean, that's an enormous statistic. And it's not a trend. It's It's part of our culture now. People need other people to help them raise their children. And there is nothing wrong with that. And that is the first thing I want to say, because I think most of the time people think if they have to have that nanny or that daycare, there's this shame. And I'm, I'm going to talk about this as part of the transition. When you are deciding 
how you are going to care for this child, bring in that nanny, or it's going to be daycare, or it's going to be a mother-in-law or a family member or a friend or whomever it is. There are two sides of the street, and this is where the shaming comes in. I have seen the moms who work and the moms who don't throw mud at each other. Mm -hmm. And this is ugly. And why are we doing this? I don't even know why we're still doing this. I can't believe I still have to talk about this half the time, I, you know, because it's like, aren't we supposed to be lifting each other up, especially as women? That's our job is to surround each other with that love and support. So however you design your family, however you decide you are going to raise this family, working mom or stay at home mom, whatever it is, but work is involved well, in both. Here's the thing is both wish they could be on the opposite side, probably. So that's what's coming out. Like the one who's at home is probably so burdened and stressed and exhausted. And, you know, at some point I've watched people who are stay at home moms and they start to kind of like lose it a little because it's just goo goo gaga and diapers and whatever. And when the husband comes home, they're just like, (gasps) right. Here's the baby. (laughs) Yeah. And so, so there's that. And then there's the other side that's just working nonstop and just so guilty and wishing they could be home with their baby. They right. still wish they want to be working, so but there's a conflict. So there's conflict on both sides, and that's why they're throwing mud at each other because it's always you think the grass is greener and you wish you had that, so you have to judge right. it. Right. That's exactly it. That and and I think that the guilt that goes along with both of those things too, and this is an important part of the transition because you're going to feel a lot of different things. Uh, most moms and dads do. Uh, this guilt part of it, the guilt for the ones that are staying home with their children when they have those moments of recognition of I'm bored, I'm stressed, I'm tired of being touched all day by my kids, I have nothing left to give, I have no time to myself, I feel guilty, I wanted this child so badly, but I am stressed out, Mm -hmm. and I am tired, and I am over it today, and I feel like I'm drowning. Uh, The guilt that goes along with those real, honest feelings, that is something I want everyone to pay attention to because no feeling is wrong ever, ever, ever. What you feel, that's how you feel. The reaction to that feeling is what always has to be addressed. But that breaks my heart because I think that when those moms and dads allow that guilt to wash over them and take over them, let it wash over you, but to take over you and then debilitate you in some way that, that that's, that's the issue then, because those feelings are not wrong. Of course, you're going to be tired. Of course, you're going to be stressed. And, and this is something that's true too. There's a disproportionate amount of uh, duty that falls on one parent sometimes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's the dad, sometimes it's whatever it is. Um, but when that happens, it breeds resentment about that then. Like you said, the parent comes home and you're like, I've been here all day suffering through this and you have no idea what I'm going through on a daily basis. You don't know what I'm feeling. Uh, and then there's the other side of it for the working mom who you know is entrusting her child to someone and perhaps it is a perfect stranger it's not a mother-in-law or or you know or a family member uh and that takes an incredible amount of trust to know that you can hand that most precious possession over to someone and they're going to be influential in your child's life and you know that you are choosing to go and make that living or it's or you know and this is also something hard for moms to admit that being, and this is a line from Sex in the City, if you ever saw the Sex in the City movie, where Miranda says, I love my son, 
but being a mom is not enough. I love my job too. Mm. And why mothers feel like they have to make that choice and it makes one less valuable than the other, uh, that guilt comes into it as well. So I know I'm giving a lot of examples here, but the common denominator is that guilt and allowing yourself to know that during these moments of transition, as your child gets older and you're deciding who in the village is going to be with you, who in the village is going to be supporting you, loving you, loving the child, uh, who you're asking for help from, those feelings of guilt and whatever else comes up is normal and it doesn't make you a bad parent. Yeah. I had someone who was close to us, keyword was, who mm-hmm. <laughs> was uh, judgmental about the fact that we were going with a surrogate. And Kevin said, well, Maria's doctor said that she can't get pregnant. It's not safe with whatever's left brain tumor wise in her head because hormones grow things. So they worry that the tumor would grow. I just don't understand that. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Why can't she carry? And I said, Kevin, that's the last conversation we're having with that person because that's not somebody we need around us in this journey. Um, no, ma'am. And no. I was like, you know, and it's it's just one of those judgmental moms. And I was like, this is just so unkind. And I'm sorry, are you a neurosurgeon? <laughs> like, I mean, really? What are your qualifications to be judging the number one neurosurgeon in the world, Savice? But that's just a whole other story. So we've already gotten a little taste of it. But, you know, for me, one of the things that's been funny is I keep getting job offers in an abundant, obnoxious amount mm-hmm. for around the baby's born <laughs> oh. around the time the be I don't know why it's happening and so I had to have a conversation with my agents and they're like we know you're having the baby and I said yes I said here, here here are some facts one I'm not giving birth so it's not like there's a c-section or recovery time or anything like that for me right. two I'm gonna have help my dad my husband a nanny whatever I said three I don't want to do anything unless it is absolutely like something I can't say no to. Mm -hmm. Um, But if Mm -hmm. something I can't say no to comes up, I'm going to have to make a decision then. But I still am technically the breadwinner. Mm -hmm. I have to keep the lights on. I have to keep, you know, paying for everything. And so if I have to make a decision as, let's say, the dad in the house, right, dad goes to work. So I'm, the, the roles are a little different in our house. Not that, you know, it is what it is, but, um, but that's been an interesting thing. Cause I'm like, wow, is this like a test? What's going on here? <laughs> but you know what? I think it's a really great test because, you know, being as talented and wonderful as you are, I, I know those opportunities in your life will continue to come as your career grows and grows and grows. And, um, uh, you're going to continue to make career decisions while being a mom. That's one that's going to be a constant for you. And so whether it's at the beginning of this baby's life or a few months from now or a few years from now, you know, those career decisions you're making will still allow you the opportunity to be the most wonderful mother. And I always say to my girlfriends, you know, my, uh, that are the working moms uh, and oftentimes are the breadwinners in their family too, you know, gender roles is a, is a whole, you know, different conversation, you know, too. And I'm sure you and Kevin have had it. I always say to my girlfriends when they're having those dark moments of, oh gosh, I'm missing things. And, you know, I, I, I hate that I can't be there for this or X, Y, and Z. And I said, but look at what you're showing your kids. 
look at the person you are and the inspiration you are to your children. Imagine the Mother's Day cards those kids are going to write you one hmm. day, especially those daughters and the sentiments they're going to be in those cards about how they're watching their mother, you know, be this magnificent creature, you know, who shows them that so much is possible. So I think in those moments, Maria, I want you to remember that and keep that tucked in your heart. And when you're making those decisions, you're going to make it with the best intentions of your daughter and you're doing it for your daughter too, making these career decisions so mm -hmm. you can continue to provide, but also. Yeah. Cause it's not about me. It's about providing. Right. The, the, I don't care. The, I'm here. No. I, I, you know, right. When you're on the go 24 seven, like me guys, finding ways to make life easier is so important for my health and sanity. <laughs> and that's exactly what my friends at Macy's do for me from working there as a teenager to now going to them for so many of my daily essentials. It's been my go to for so many years. And having everything in one place is such a time saver for me with being a first time mom for a while now, as you know, I've had plenty of those and being able to rely on them for all the things has been amazing. Plus having everything in one place has made being a new mom just a little bit easier for me. So I know we're all focusing on our families, our health, hopefully our jobs and everything in between, but it's time to make your life a little easier. And to help you out, I've curated all of my essentials from Macy's for you and the whole fam. All the details are in the show notes below, or you can just click the link in the description to get your hands on them too. I have some new picks on there. This little bomber jacket, this little black dress. You're gonna love it. All right, friends, let's talk about something we all do. Snack. Trust me, I've definitely overindulged in the past, but as you know, I am focused on my health these days. And I think I found the healthier snack that you don't have to lose out on the flavor. And it's definitely become my go-to. It first came into the house because of Kevin. He was obsessed with wonderful pistachios. And then I got addicted. And now it's in my travel bag. I don't leave home without it. It's in our glove compartments because they don't melt. Right now, my favorite flavor is the sweet chili flavor. It feels like some of the naughtier kind of snacks I used to use where I used to lick my fingers after. Now I lick them and I feel safer. Um, plus, Wonderful Pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. That's crazy, guys. So if you're looking for the perfect snack, trust me and head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com to snag a bag of Wonderful Pistachios. You're going to love them. I remember my mom always struggling with her hair. It's frizzy Maria, my mom would say in her Greek accent. Tiehis, what do you have? I tried so hard to find her products. I wish I could share these products I'm using now with her because I know she would be so happy to finally have good hair days. I've always believed that hair is a woman's best accessory. And with Way's new anti-frizz cream, you can ensure that your hair always looks its best without the frizz stealing the spotlight. It's a lightweight cream that not only provides immediate frizz control, but also helps prevent heat damage. And get this, it lasts up to 72 hours. That's three whole days of frizz-free, gorgeous hair. Way seriously has some of my favorite products for taming the frizz. Pro tip, one of my biggest discoveries is using the Way hair oil on the ends of my hair before I dry it. Let me tell you, it's a game changer. Once it's dry, my hair looks so smooth and polished. I don't even need to do anything else. It is incredible. I love it. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to the Way, T H E O U A I dot com and enter the promo code Heel Squad for 15% off any product. That's the Way, T H E 
O-U-A-I.com, promo code Heal Squad. Trust me, you won't regret it. Yeah, but you're allowing her to be able to grow up in the type of world and life that you want her to grow up in. And that's because you are allowing, you're going to be able to allow that. You're facilitating that. But you also need to nourish yourself. You know, it's that put your oxygen mask on yourself first before you can help other people. So what does that look like for you and your life and other moms and dads out there as you go through these transitions? The only way you're going to be able to continue continue raising your family, you know, being a wife and mother or, you know, whatever it is in your life, the roles you play, somehow you have to take care of yourself. Somehow that oxygen mask has to go on yourself first in order to keep going. Cause it sounds like a lot of people rely on you, Maria, and this yeah. little baby rely on you too. For sure. um, you have to nourish yourself first, water yourself first. Yeah. I mean, I take care of my dad. I've, I always took care of my mom too. I've always had, you know, the caretaker. Yeah. I've always right. had it all on my right. shoulders. So, um, but you know, the cool thing is, is especially with this show, I get to work from home and yes. so I'm going to get to be an at home mom, but at the same time be able to do my work because yeah. most of my stuff is here. Um, and so I, I feel like I'm going to get the best of both worlds, which is exciting. Well, and I think she'll be sitting right there with you on your lap oh. as you're, you're doing these podcasts. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. <laughs> She's going to be ready to go. She'll have a gift for Gab. No, you know, she'll be two years old, ready to host her own podcast. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I, I have no doubt. Um, okay. So, so baby nanny transition to an official nanny. So that's one of the things I've been thinking about, yeah. by the way, if you have any Greek nannies, I am, hi- I'm searching for a Greek nanny. I am so focused on it because okay. I really want my baby to speak Greek like I did. Okay. And I feel like a Greek nanny would be amazing in our house and make sure that that language is really cemented in. It was my first language and I'm so grateful that I have it, but it can't just be me talking to her. Sure. Um, So I think that's a great idea. So I know that it'll be different, but um, my dogs, like we have, you know, Violetta here and she helps us. My dogs are obsessed with Violetta and there are moments where I'm like, they love her more than me. (laughs) But I was telling Kelsey earlier, it's in the most loving way that I'll get like a little jelly where I'm like, they love her more than me. But that makes me so happy because that means that when I'm not there, they're so loved and protected and she looks at them like they're hers. So that's great. But I do know it could be different with a baby right? Mm-hmm. If your mm-hmm. baby seems to love the nanny more, that might hurt actually for real. It's never more though, Maria. It's never, they never love you more. And I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you two examples. So one of the families that I, I worked for, um, the mom had her first daughter. She was going back to work. And that day I walked in, she handed me this little two month old baby And she had this little sparkle in her eye, the mom, you know, of going back to work and having adult conversations and providing for her family. And I was thrilled for her, but she, you could also see kind of her heart just like, you know, pounding out of her chest. And I said, it's all going to be good. Everything's going to be fine. I'm going to send you pictures and videos and you're going to see everything happen in real time. And, uh, 
after a few months, the baby got older and I was leaving to go home that night. And the little girl, you know, ran after, you know, me, you know, crying. She didn't want me to leave, you know, and I, and, and I could see the mom's face. And I said, look at me. I said, I said, she is going to be fine in one minute when I walk out that door and she'd be so happy to be with you. And she said, no, I'm not worried. I'm not worried. She said, yes, it stings a little bit, but she said, I know that she loves you. And that is all I can ask for. And yes, you're right. It's hard for me to watch, but I know that this is what I wanted. This mm -hmm. is the best scenario. So exactly what you're saying. I think you absolutely can apply it to having a baby and it will sting. Let's say the quiet part out loud. No one likes to see that. Even I get upset <laughs> when I'm with like, when I'm with like my friend's baby or something and like another friend is with me and they want to go to aunt Casey instead of aunt Low. that the kids call me aunt Low, And I'll be like, oh my gosh, I was like, this is horrible. Are you supposed to love me more? You know, so it's totally a human reaction. And like, let's, again, let's say the quiet part out loud, it's going to sting. You're not going to love it at, you know, but you're going to move past that moment. You're, the child hopefully loves that nanny the way they would a godparent or an aunt or an uncle. Maria, you'd, you know, want them to love them the same way you love your extended family yep. and want them to have that re relationship. So here's the holy grail moment then. So a few years ago, I went to a wedding and all the kids that I've ever nannied for, I've stayed in touch with all of them. I've gone to their graduations, weddings, all of that. So I go to a wedding and I see one of the girls that I nannied for. I hadn't seen her in years. She moved to the East Coast. We see each other across the dance floor and it's like a movie moment. You know, it's like almost slow motion and we're like running toward each other give each other a big hug. And when I pull back from her, she has tears in her eyes. And I said, oh my gosh, I'm so happy to see you. And she said, Florence Ann, I have to tell you, you are still the voice in my head all these years later. And I just cried. And that to me was the moment. I knew that in that child's life, I had done at least something right. Not that her parents weren't important or anything like that. I just got to be part of the nest. Mm -hmm. I got to be part of the village and someone that got to love her and be with her. So, you know, those are two, you know, drastically different. There's the baby version of it and then there's the adult version of it. But that's the inspiration behind it is for those of you out there that are looking for a nanny or daycare or whatever it is, when you are deciding who to bring into your family, that is what it is. You are bringing in hopefully a family member. Uh, you want them to be an extension, Maria, of your eyes, ears, and heart. That's always what I say about a caretaker. They can have different values from you, of course, or look different than you or be different than you in some ways, but there has to be some sort of symbiotic uh, relationship there, some sort of common denominators of values, because you have to think about who do you want influencing your child? This is someone who's going to do that on a big level. So as you're making those decisions, just like you said to me, you want this person to speak Greek because that's a value that's important to you. So you're already doing that vetting uh, because you're thinking about what, again, did you take from your childhood that you liked and want to yeah. continue what you want for her? And background checks. <laughs> um, yes. Can I tell I, you what happened I, with me? So oh, I was God. searching for a baby nurse and everyone's like, oh my God, you're so behind the ball. Like the second we're pregnant, we, we reach out to the baby nurse and we lock them in. I'm like, oh God, you guys are so LA. But, <laughs> and they had such panic and fear. And I guess like after everything I've done with the show, I've just learned that like, it's all good. All will work out. Of course, yes. most of the baby nurses I reached out to were available, especially exactly on the date of the baby's due date. And I was like, isn't this funny? So anyway, I, I did some, I found one 
and she sounded lovely. She was great. I checked her references. I had conversations with the people that she had just worked with. They were all like glowing recommendations. I'm like, okay. So this is when a little bit of that fear kicked in. I'm like, lock her in. Great. Perfect. So I did. And then like two weeks ago, I go, wait a second. I didn't hire an assistant without a background check. (laughs) We're not going to do one on the nanny. What the heck? Like, Like that just like slipped my head. Yeah, and so I was right. like, um, we need to do a background check. <laughs> and did, <laughs> it was you just really funny. Well, did you find anything there? No, no, no. We're about, we're in the process of doing it all, but it was okay, just good. funny because uh, yeah. I was like, oh, you know, you, you just kind of, then the, I don't know how it happens, but they all make you think that you're so behind the ball. And I was like, I was fine. Then when I got, got her, I was like, okay, we definitely got to lock her in. Cause she's awesome. I love her. Yeah. And then I woke up one day and I go, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> little thing called the background check we got to do we got to do background checks um is there anything else that people have to do when they're bringing in a caretaker into their home i always think a shadow period is really imperative you don't want to just bring that that nanny in and then all of a sudden you're like okay great you know i'll see you later you know you want the the nanny to be there to to experience and observe kind of the rhythm of your household and how you like to handle things you know you 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 want them to be able to keep you know track people i used to do it just old school write it down in a journal like you know you want everything from like when the baby poops and eats and the whole thing when they're younger um you know oh you, i need you, a journal for the baby yes a journal for the baby. Ooh, yeah. Kelsey, you know, <laughs> email me this journal for the baby. You got to email uh, me yesterday's stuff too. I haven't gotten yesterday's stuff too. I keep having to have Kelsey remind me of stuff. Go ahead. <laughs> but see that, can I tell you, I do that even with my friends too. They'll, they'll literally write me when they're like in that first part of having the baby. And they're like, I don't know what to do with this. So I'm telling you these five things right now. Can you please remind me mm-hmm. later do these things. See, that's why you lean on Kelsey, lean on your village to do that sort of thing. But you do want, um, you, you do want to have a trial period, I would say. And not that you're, you know, they might be fired after two weeks, but you want to let them observe you in the rhythm of the house and what you're doing and how you like things done. Uh, and again, you know, your baby is going to be young, but you want to also observe how they are with the baby. Mm-hmm. People can come with the most glowing recommendations in the world. And can I tell you that sometimes I have seen like, other nannies where they're like have all this experience and stuff and then they go to like pick up the baby and I'm like looks like you're picking up like a like a cantaloupe like I don't know what's happening here you know like I'm like you know it's like you learn a lot from body language you want to pay attention to how the nanny dresses hygiene all of those things how they speak I thought about the hygiene thing oh yes how do you have that conversation if they're not showering and they smell or god only knows I, well, again, you know, you can say what you mean and not say it mean, right? That's always what I say in life, you know, in terms of delivery. Uh, but again, I want to empower you, Maria, and anyone else out there. This is your baby. This is your family that you are protecting. You are mama bear. So if you don't like how something's going, you speak up about it. Again, you can deliver it in a way that's kind, of course. But if it's not going the way that you want it to go, or it, it, it's, it, you know, again, there's a hygiene issue or a personality issue or I don't know, you're, you know, do you have nanny cams? Let me ask you that, by the way. How do you feel about nanny cams? I have them. Yeah. I haven't installed them yet. I think you should do it. It gives you peace of mind from a former nanny herself who is an advocate of nanny cams. Now, of course, every state is different uh, regarding like 
what the laws are. Some of them, like you can't have them in certain rooms and you can't have audio. It's not permissible in court. And, and like, I think in Illinois where I live, um, you can't use audio in, in, in court, but not that we don't want to go down that road. <laughs> You're going to court, but if you were to use it for any reason like that, but I will give you an example of why a nanny cam is important. Um, a friend of mine, she had a nanny and her child accidentally in in her crib broke her arm she did something funny and like like she was jumping did something and and fell down oh my god it was a strange very freak accident and um they were certain that there was some sort of negligence going on right like there's no way this couldn't have just been an accident well the nanny was said no i'm telling you this is what happened i came in the room and she was crying she's waking up from a nap and they went back to the nanny cam and they saw that's exactly what happened. So wow. it was, you know, verification. It's not that you don't trust. And I think that's an important note too. If you have a nanny cam or you do things like that, people are like, oh my gosh, you're just, you know, paranoid. And you, you have, you, you know, you, you should be able to trust another human being with your child. And no, of course, <laughs> no, you, you shouldn't until you, they've earned it. <laughs> until they've earned it. Exactly. And doesn't believe, they mean that you don't believe in trust. Yeah. It just means that it's trust, but verify. I mean, I, I, why not? I mean, again, it's your most precious I I had nanny cams in my mom's room when she was in hospice and I had caretakers in there. I watched I and I got to see some, some one, one situation where the nurse was pouring water. My mom's laying in bed and she's pouring the water down her throat. My mom's choking and I'm in my room. When I say I flew like superwoman, I didn't even touch stairs. I just made it to the bottom and I was like, what are you doing? And she's like, she, she's, she's, you know, not drinking. I go, she can't, she's dying. What are you doing? You're choking her. And I stayed calm like this, but I had this kind of tone with her. Like, I'm going to freaking kill you. Yeah. And she just was so defiant and she was on a plane the next day. Well, uh, yes. I mean, yeah. But again, that exact situation is exactly why nanny cams, all of that, you need to have it so you can have that peace of mind. I always tell parents, you know, the whole reason you have this nanny is so you can go and you can go to work or do whatever it is that you're doing. If you don't have the peace of mind, then what are you doing? I mean, you're just going to be worried the whole time you're gone. And that's not going to help you either. You're not going to be focused. You're not going to be present. Um, So uh, going back to, you know, what you're looking for, whether it's a hygiene or issue or personality or, you know, you're watching the nanny cam and the nanny's talking on the phone all the time, cursing up a storm in front of your kid. I mean, these are things you have to address and you can't be afraid to address them. I mean, how do you address the hygiene thing, please? Because I even have a friend in life. Yeah. Oh, I feel so bad. There's, there's definitely a hygiene issue. And I just, I don't know what to do. It's one of the, that's like the most embarrassing thing for me to have to say to somebody. You know, I, I would, I, this is how I tend to deal with awkward situations like that. If it were my me. My dad has bad breath sometimes. Right I feel bad telling him like, dad. <laughs> you ever watch Sebastian Maniscalco? Uh, no. Maria. Oh my God. Oh, Maria, you have to watch a stand-up comedian. Sebastian, he's so funny. He's, he's old school Italian, but it applies to Greek, everything. And he talks about how in a family, like we grew up in, if you have a problem, people are going to tell you, you have a problem. Like that's my family. Like, so they would tell you like, you stink, you know, or something like that. That's what my mom would say to me. But if it were me and I was trying to have this conversation with, with my the person who's handling your child. Like, and again, that's an issue too, uh, you know, so it, I would say probably put it on me and say, you know what, let's call her Gail. You know, Gail, uh, 
you know, for me, gosh, I'm a person that likes to take like two showers a day. I, and I would turn it on me, like what my preferences are. I know I'm a little crazy, but. And you could say that. Yeah. You can, you know, again, you know, make a joke out of it with yourself to make her feel more comfortable about it. But that's what I would do. And I would say, you know, that that's me, you know, I've always kind of been that way. Uh, You know, I, I really want to make sure also, you know, you can put it on the child in terms of bathing, what the schedule is there. And you could say, you know, can I ask, you know, how often me, you know, do, do you actually, you know, you know, shower, do something like that. I know that might sound crazy, but if she thinks you're asking for maybe her opinion of it versus you giving criticism over her, see what the answer is perhaps. And if she's like, well, you know, I really only every, you know, few days or something like that. And then maybe that's an opportunity then after that and be like, you know, it would really make me feel better just because, you know, brand new baby. And, you know, I would really just, I would prefer it if, if it's okay with you, um, if, if you would be okay with, you know, daily, you know, Mm -hmm. daily hygiene practice. As a first time mom with a baby, I'm always on the go, whether it's running errands, getting my coffee, going to doctor's appointments, or just spending quality time with little Athena. And that's why I rely on wonderful pistachios to keep me fueled and ready for anything, no matter where I am. Kevin even keeps us bag stashed in the nursery. (laughs) you know, for the nighttime hunger moments. Wonderful pistachios comes in a variety of flavors and sizes, making them the perfect snack to have literally any time, whether I'm enjoying them during a quick break in between taping this show or I'm on the go and it's in the diaper bag. I do carry it in my travel bag and they're in my car. At this point, when I'm leaving the house, I think keys, wallet, wonderful pistachios. (laughs) Bonus, wonderful pistachios is one of the highest protein nuts with six grams of protein in every one ounce serving. So on top of all that, They keep me feeling satisfied. I'm energized while I'm juggling all this crazy stuff in life. Next time you're looking for a convenient and guilt-free snack, head over to www.wonderfulpistachios.com and stock up on your favorite flavors today. Minus the sweet chili. Maybe this is something I cut off at the pass. And in a conversation soon or a text, I just say, hey, I just want to make sure we're on the same page on hygiene. I want to make sure that the baby's safe so that there's daily showers and daily brushing of teeth and all of that. So I know this is probably so obvious, but I just want to make sure we lay everything out on the table before you move in. With the baby nurse? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's better. You can lay that out. Again, it's better before. Better before. I mean, exactly. I mean, I mean, this was a theory if this was happening currently and you didn't know what to do about it. But if, yeah, I'd say expectations first. And, you know, people are not mind readers either. So hygiene aside, if there are specific things that you want in your family, you know, certain things that you want the nanny to do, let's, let me use this as an example. Some people are very, very cognizant and very intentional about education. Now, I don't know what you're, you want to do, Maria, but with, you know, you want the baby to learn Greek, wonderful. But also, too, there are families that put an emphasis on education. So are you expecting that nanny to be working with your child in an educational capacity, you know, learning, you know, uh, and, and the, the skills, you know, the milestones that they should be hitting at every, you know, at, at every, you know, few months or whatever it is. That's also an expectation I think that's very important to talk to the nanny about because they don't have to come with a degree with childcare education or anything like that. But certainly if you want them working on those things, you need to make those things known to them. Yeah, uh, Those aren't, those aren't those aren't just reflexive things, I would say. You have to actually ask for what you want and what your expectations are. That makes sense. And that would be important to me. Okay. So um, building your community, 
How how do we build our community? I heard, and this was funny, um, you know, in in the moment of talking about how lack of community and LA is just tough because it's so spread out. So it's not right. really set up for community and so everything here is event based and I've just been so over that. Like everything's an yeah. event and I, there's no just let's just hang out and be. Um and so you gotta come uh, to Chicago, Maria. You gotta come to the Midwest here. I love Chicago. <laughs> she was like, but this person I was chatting with she goes, Maria, the community comes to you. People love babies and they come to you. So I was like, you know what's so funny is here I have been crying forever about needing community, almost moved like a month ago again because of it. And I think she's going to be the one that brings me my community, which is going to be so cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and that is true. You know, I think there's many different ways to build that community. And, and I talk about six different villagers that you have in your life that you, that you look for. Um, and, and so we don't have to go through the definitions of all six, but they're accepting, dependable, cheerleader, communicator, organizer, and healer. And I say, these are the six archetypes and it's not just about who do you need in your village. It's also asking you to look at yourself and think, well, who am I of these six too? Because this is where I think people start to, to get nervous about, about the village building is they look at their life and the landscape of, of it currently and this ecosystem that they have. And they think, I don't, I don't have what I need, but there is low hanging fruit everywhere you look, there probably are people that, that go into these categories and you start thinking, okay, you know, I do have a couple of these people, but these are where my gaps are. And this is where I can focus on finding those people. But then also, who am I of these six people for other people? How do, how do, who am I in other people's villages? That also know thyself, you know, component of it. That is a very big piece of figuring out how you figure out the village. And also too, two things that no one, again, the quiet part out loud. Sometimes you have the wrong people sitting in the wrong seats. Like you may have a friend that is failing you constantly. And you're like, why? I love this person, but man, they are falling short every time. Well, maybe you have that person sitting in the healer seat, the person I define as the one that goes with you through it, whatever the it is in life, doesn't solve it for you, doesn't fix it for you. They're there next to you. Maybe they're sitting in that healer seat and they're really not that person. Person. They're the organizer. They're the ones that you can count on to delegate, to get things done. They're not the emotional support system for you necessarily. Maybe you need to shuffle the deck, move the chess pieces around, and maybe that will strengthen some of your relationships because you have to meet people where they are, not where you want them to be. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot about relationship building too. And then again, the other quiet part out loud, sometimes you need to fire people from the village. Like the person you mentioned that gave you that horrible opinion about (laughs) surrogacy. Yeah, that person's gone. Uh, No reason to have them in your village. And the village burns down for a lot of reasons. The village is lost for a lot of reasons, whether it's death or divorce or a breakup or a falling out. And it's recasting that village. Life really is like looking at it kind of like a movie or a play and casting those main characters. Mm. So it's the awareness of who am I and what do I need, but also who am I to others? And then learning that it's kind of like that circle. And like you said, people will start to gravitate towards you because of that baby. But going back to what we originally talked about, it's being intentional too about figuring out who you're going to populate in that village because those are going to be the biggest influences in your life. They are the Mm -hmm. ones that 
going to count on. And as you become a mom, you're going to start opening up your, your world now to different groups of people that are moms at different times in their life. You're going to have a bond now with people in a different way that you never did before. It's going to change you and it's going to change your friendship circles. Yeah. It's already changing me because I already see how I have to eliminate, you know, a lot of uh, stressful situations, things that aren't working. I want to just clear all of it out and have um, only kind of, you know, the right things, the right recipe around me and this house and the energy and, um, and, you know, and even like when I meet people, I'm like, "Hmm, how do I feel around them? Oh, they kind of, yeah, they, they have some interesting energy. Yeah. Not interested in adding them into the, into the the group and and into my life. And so I'm like, we'll just tiptoe away from them. And so I'm, I'm watching things much more carefully and God's been cleaning up too, big time. (laughs) And I'm like left and right. Like, wait, why is that person gonna, okay, that must be for a reason. Okay. Well, lots of stuff's happening just before this child comes. Clearly it's happening. Um, but I'm really excited and I'm grateful because I got to send that list to this, this baby nurse to make sure we're good on baby cameras which I, I did mention to her we were going to do it, but I'm going to write it down so it's in writing. And then also the hygiene. Kelsey, remind me. Um, yes. But this has been such a great conversation. Um, thank you so much. I feel like uh, I'm I'm a little bit more ready than I was before. <laughs> you you know what? And you never like they always say you're never totally ready. And so just be just be open to it because as soon as that baby's in your arms, everything we probably talked about is just gonna go <laughs> somewhere over in this nebulous area because all of a sudden you're gonna have this new power within you. And uh that's that's gonna change the the energy of your life too. That's gonna change how you make decisions and how your heart works, how your mind works. So just be open to to letting that floodgate open because uh, it's going to be a totally different, a totally different experience and one you've waited so long for. I know. I'm really excited. Thank you so much. All right. She's awesome. She was really fun. And good energy. Yeah, good energy. But also, I know we hear it a lot, but it is really important to have us all realize that, you know, you're going to have guilt. You're going to feel all kinds of things, you have to have a little empathy with yourself. So please remind me of that as I'm going through all of this and thinking I'm not doing it right and getting stressed. Um, but, and, and also if you're watching this and you've been the one judging, it's okay. What, right? We all do it. We've all done it. I, um, have really enjoyed the judgment detox by Gabby Bernstein, who's been on this show before. And I really think that uh, it made an impact on me. So one of the things Kevin always loves is anytime he goes to judge, I was like, you don't know their story. So we see somebody on the street or whatever, and I'm like, but we don't know their story. And that's really helped both of us just always remember to have empathy for other people. And so um, you never know what's going on behind closed doors and what someone's dealing with. I think about things right now where I'm like, wow, if that person knew what I was really going through, they definitely wouldn't have said that. But that's not their privilege to know it. They're not supposed to know it. Um, so we have to try to act in that manner. But And if you've been judged, know it's because the other person is 
slightly jelly donuts. And so it's, it goes both ways. Um, or they're unhappy and it's, it's a them thing. It's not a you thing. So I hope this is helpful to you because it was definitely helpful to me. Um, and, uh, like I said, if you love this episode or both the episodes or any of the episodes, please share it with a friend. It helps them. I know because if it helped you, it will help them, but it also helps us get this message out to more people. So we're super grateful for our community here, the heel squad. Oh, if you haven't gotten any merch, by the way, don't forget, we've got our Heel Squad merch up on the website, mariamenunos.com. I think you can go to heelsquad.com too, right? They can. Yeah, so yeah. go to heelsquad.com if you don't know how to spell my last name. Um, <laughs> and get yourself a Heel Squad shirt. Remind yourself that you're on this healing journey with us. And then be identifiable to the rest of the community. That's what I love about it. Uh, in the meantime, be nice people, make good choices, and be present. <laughs>